Hello and welcome again to the Knowledge Without College podcast. This is your host, Patrick Butler. And today I have yet again another interview, this time with the CEO of Sungrade Solar. His name is Aaron Katz. And again, I'm thinking, hey, who do I know that would be interesting? And I've known Aaron for a couple years, worked with him at a couple different businesses, um, Sungrade being the second one I work with him at. And uh, he's a really interesting guy. He's sort of not your typical CEO, uh, not what you think when you hear CEO. Um, his personality is very different than that that you normally think of uh, when you think of like the person running a company, especially a large solar company. And uh, he's a really interesting guy, has a really interesting story. Um, a lot of things I didn't know going into this podcast. Again, one of the coolest things about doing these interviews is that you get to uh, ask people questions you might not normally ask them and learn a lot of stuff about them that you might not have learned otherwise. So I had a lot of fun making this episode and I think it's really cool just to continue to talk to more and more people that are doing, uh, you know, bigger things. Uh, Aaron has a much longer career than the previous people that I've interviewed. And so it was cool to get the background on that. I'm continuing to work on my interview questions and, uh, you know, I hope you all are seeing the improvements here. But, you know, again, as always, if you have any feedback for me, send it my way. If you like this episode, please subscribe. Please uh, follow me on Instagram and the Knowledge Without College podcast. And enjoy this episode with Aaron Katz. with the Knowledge Without College podcast, and today I have with me Aaron Katz. He is the CEO of SunGrade Solar, the company I work for, and he started a few other successful solar companies in the past, but uh, we're going to dive into uh, you know, Aaron's previous experience, and, and my first question to everyone lately has been, uh, you know, I'm interested in finding out like how college affected your career and uh, if it had a significant impact on what you're doing now and and if you know you saw foresaw this kind of where you're at right now coming from that experience so I mean first off did you I don't I really don't even know did you go to college or I, I did I have a funny history and that's sort of a funny question for me I actually dropped out of high school twice really not once been the rare the rare double dropout dropped out went back briefly dropped out again and then I got my GED so I didn't really? even graduate from high school, but I actually, I did it on the, I, I did the math. I was at a, uh, my mom had put me in a private school and I wasn't really happy the mm-hmm. second time around, uh, both times obviously, but, uh, but, but the second time around, I, I just was like, look, this is ridiculous. We're, mm-hmm. You know, we're paying all this money. If I drop out, I can nail my GED. I'll start college before I would have graduated high school. Yeah. So I did, I did. I dropped out. <clears throat> it took like, I don't know, a year or so to do another stuff and get my GED. Mm-hmm. Um, actually worked with, with Owen's uh, dad's company. Really? Briefly, uh, oh, wow. For those on the podcast, that's our COO. Um, and 
that was way way back when and then started college and then uh i went to a small college transferred to a, a you know slightly better still small liberal arts college mm-hmm. connecticut college and then i i graduated there in 2000. wow so i mean first off that was all in massachusetts uh, the Connecticut college was, was not, oh, but, but, uh, but high school yeah, and high school. And then, yeah, the rest of it, it was in, in Massachusetts. I grew up, uh, uh, just outside of Boston, like an hour from Fenway park in, in Brookline. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I, I had no idea. That's pretty funny. You got your GED. So, uh, and you did that before you were 18. I don't know how old I was. I might've been 18 or I don't know. Cause I was, I was like a year, I was sort of on the older side for my, grade so I might have been 18 actually I don't remember do you were you a good student back in high school is that what or were you bored is that why you left there uh, n- uh no and no <laughs> <laughs> uh I I was uh you know my trajectory here was 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 sort of up and down and so it's actually sort of a funny question because I know um, I know there's a lot of people in the sales team who who dropped out and are have, you know obviously wildly successful and, and doing a great job and extremely focused and motivated and, and you know part of the SunGrid family. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that was not that's that was not me at that age. Uh, I I really was was having a hard time. You know it was a, it was a real hard time in my life. And even though I, I you know it was a sort of you know funky end around the the you know, system in terms of getting the GED and getting out of there. But, but my dad passed away when I was a kid and, uh, you know, just a lot of stuff, hard stuff going on at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, nothing too horrible as far as, as far as those things go, but it was not a, not a great time. And, uh, you know, by the time I got to college, you know, I, I, you know, I think I was sort of good enough at the whole, the whole game to, to, to sort of do, pretty well without uh <laughs> without putting in a ton of time and energy yeah but i was never you know uh you know a straight a student mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination in fact i had a funny conversation and this i don't know this is a kind of funny one tricky but i had a funny sure. conversation with my daughter the other day because she's got my my ex-wife's uh personality in many ways mm-hmm. uh some of mine but but in a lot of ways she's got my ex-wife's personality which is very focused and diligent and you know straight a style you know mm-hmm. just every detail taken into consideration and getting out ahead of it uh and I, and, I, and that can be pretty stressful yeah. you know being a straight a student so i was saying to her i was like look you know have you ever heard of the 80 20 rule mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like no what's that i was like well you know it takes 20 percent of the work to, you know, of your effort to do 80% of the work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to be an A student, you got, <laughs> this, is, this is my, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's better to be a slacker lecture yeah. for my child. But, uh, which, you know, which honestly was my survival mechanism mm-hmm. for school. Uh, I had a lot of uh, social stuff going on, yep. which was really the emphasis. And I think that was sort of me sorting out and sorting through some of the stuff from my childhood Mm -hmm. um and and i unlike you know a lot of the you know most of the people at the company was was not uh and to some extent still not a particularly you know career ambitious person Mm -hmm. uh so i think i i break the mold in a lot of ways and and uh, i sort of backed into the the whole ceo thing yeah (laughs) candidly uh but it seems to have have worked out all right so when when you went to college what was your did you have any intention of using a degree or 
you know, did you have... Well, no, yeah, I always thought that was kind of funny, and actually, you know, one of my, you know, one of the other things I kind of wonder about with my kids is, you know, I, I think they want to go, it seems like the standard path, but I, I'm, I'm not convinced that it's a, a good path. You know, I, I would never, it's sort of hard, because, you know, you don't want to discourage somebody from going and, and getting an education yeah. and getting, you know, their, their graduate degrees or whatever, but, uh, and I think it depends a lot, you know, do you want to be a doctor? Mm-hmm. You know, well, then you got to go to school. Uh, but you know, if you're going to do what I did, I, I got a degree in psychology, you know, so I, for, there was a time in my life where I thought about being a psychologist. And so that kind of made sense for a while, but that I had sort of left that by the time, by the time I graduated, but I had the credits Yeah. and I actually, you know, almost had a dual degree, you know, cause I was doing a lot of creative writing and anthropology, but none of those things are, you know, obvious career moves and certainly weren't for me at the time. I was doing a lot of film. So, uh, yeah, the answer is I, I didn't have a lot of ambitions around that. And I think, you know, you look at how much it costs and, and you look at my career trajectory and what I was coming for. And I would say, you know, I was really looking for a social experience, okay. I think, more than anything. And I, I uh, probably could have gotten that in, in a lot of other cheaper ways <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or use that same amount of money to, you know, travel around Europe and hang out and meet people or whatever. So I, I'm grateful for that. I feel extremely lucky and blessed. But, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of paths through. Mm-hmm. So if you could go back right now, and, you know, this is always an unrealistic question going back in time, but if you could go back, would you tell yourself to take one of those different paths? Gosh. Uh, I, I'm, I might. I'd certainly present mm-hmm. the options. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I don't know that I'd, I'd try to dictate to myself or really to of anybody. Of course, yeah. It's um, hard to... But, you know, which is a funny thing to say about one's own self, but, but yeah, I, you know, I definitely don't regret it, but mm-hmm. I, I do think, you know, there was a lot of options there and, and that, that weren't necessarily, uh, you know, obvious, mm-hmm. uh, that, that might've made more sense for me. It could have been more fun or exciting. Um, yeah. So how did you pivot from like getting a psychology degree into, you know, now you're, you're incredible at business and you're, you know, I see every day negotiating, doing all these crazy things. How did you, you know, switch directions like that? By accident, almost. I, I, there's a, it's a funny story. I don't know if you've heard me tell this one before, but I'll, I'll hit it again. But uh, I was, I was up on the roofs for mm-hmm. years, as you know. Uh, I was, you know, installing, and uh, like I said, you know, career ambition was not my thing, really, and to a large extent, still isn't. Uh, but, you know, I liked the physical work and being outside being up on the roofs and you're out in the air and i was mm-hmm. actually for a long time down in north carolina and we'd be doing farms and stuff mm-hmm. on these beautiful days the weather's perfect it was just sort of heaven and you go home and you forget about everything you finish your job yeah. good feeling this thing works you turn it on all right done mm-hmm. um you know and i loved that and i you know had two little girls and um I decided at some point we were going to move back up to Boston, and I took a, a solar job up there, doing putting panels on the roof. And uh, some people there approached me and said, "Hey, let's let's start a company." And I was I was pretty lukewarm on the idea because I I had the strong suspicion, which I was definitely right about, that there's more stress involved with running a company than there is with you know just putting panels up. Yeah. Um, not that that's an easy job, but it's not it's not necessarily a very high stress job for the most part. So. Uh, I was real hesitant to do it, but they, you know, it seemed like they were excited about it and they had some customers in mind. And so I, you know, one night I banged out an email to and sent it to the, to their private emails, mm-hmm. so, you know, and say, Hey, here, here's what I think it would take to do this. Yeah. And I don't know, a month later I get called into my boss's office and he's like, 
you know, you're starting another company and we're firing you. Oh, wow. And I was like, what? You know, I denied it completely. Mm. <laughs> straight up lied, you know, just, and he, you know, but they fired me. And it turns out that they, they had fired this other guy for a completely separate reason and then taken back his, uh, like, his iPad or whatever. Yeah. And he, they had logged into his private email because he hadn't deleted it. Like, he didn't have a chance to clear the memory. Mm-hmm. So he had logged into this other employee's private email and they saw the email from me and, you know, which they never admitted to and, and they, you know, because it was like illegal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but wow. so I get fired and I, and I'm, and my boss was this just, just very, very kind of, you know, extre- just needed to be in control of a lot of stuff, but also extremely temperamental and fairly disrespectful to his employees. Mm-hmm. I would say, go ahead and say very disrespectful yeah. to his employees. Uh, uh, so kind of a horrible boss by a lot of standards. And I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Forgive me if I is. But uh, but at any rate, uh, I was like, gosh, I could I could do better than that. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? So I was driving home and I was actually kind of elated. And and this is this true story. And like literally, you know, they say like the clouds part. Yeah. Like literally, the clouds in the sky parted, and this beam of sun came down. And I'm and I and the car next to me. I look over, and the license plate says Aaron on it. So I got my wow. name on it. And I'm like, wow, this is like. You know, somebody's telling me something. So I, you know, I, I sort of was like, I, I want to start a company that's the kind of company I'd want to work for, mm-hmm. you know? And that, that started a journey of a lot of learning what not to do. <laughs> yep. So what, what was that company and when was, what year was that? That was Great Sky Solar and God, what year was that? That was, it was you know, less than 10 years. Well, let's say I've only been in the industry for about 10 years. So that was maybe I'm doing this year, year and a half and bright planet was maybe like two years before that. And that was like year and a half, two years before that. So it was like, yeah, five years ago, six years ago or something. It wasn't that long. Wow. Wow. That's pretty crazy. So you were doing the installs for about three, four years before that. That sounds right. Yep. Yep. And Great Sky, well, was it a similar idea as SunGrade, similar model? or Very, very different. Um, you know, so like I said, I started with like, hey, this is the kind of company I want to work for. And, and as, as most people who have worked with me a bit know, I'm kind of a, a dirty hippie when it comes right down to it. As mm-hmm. far as, you know, I'm pretty, pretty progressive and, and, and sometimes, you know, almost, you know, pretty far to the, the liberal side of the spectrum. And, um you know, I, I had a lot of ideas and ideals about doing something in a, in a way that was, you know, really different from the way it's been done, um, which I still have, have, you know, it's sort of how, where I start on a lot of things, but, uh, you know, particularly, you know, I wanted to make it employee owned, uh, and, and just, you know, I had this idea about kind of more of a flat structure and flat, uh, you know, sort of everybody's an equal kind of thing. Um, and I, and I brought on people who were really excited about that. And I think even in some ways pushed it even, you know, a fair bit beyond where I had in terms of, you know, really progressive ideas. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think that those ideas were wildly wrong, mm-hmm. but I certainly didn't know how to implement them well. And, uh, and there was so much I didn't know. And so I sort of lacked confidence and knowledge, I guess, were two huge things. And then the company itself lacked a certain amount of accountability which i think probably stemmed from the fact that i lacked confidence and knowledge and so you had a kind of flat structure with a lack of accountability the knowledge part we kind of resolved 
by you know figuring it out which is which was fun i mean it was actually there was a lot of fun and a lot of especially for the first like six months or a year of that company it was it was a blast i mean we made no money mm-hmm. it was just a disaster on that level but it, it was wildly fun <laughs> we were out and you know putting panels on roofs together and hanging out and laughing and you know trying to figure out how the hell to get leads and where they were going to come from and what you know just teaching ourselves this that and every other thing every facet all the stuff we just had to learn new things and um yeah and that was that was an extraordinary experience but it was ultimately you know ended up being very stressful because you know i i didn't feel you know there was sort of interpersonal dynamics that were challenging and and i didn't probably handle those very well and i you know and once the counter culture of like no no not really being accountable kind of got ingrained in there it was sort of some people were working really hard and some weren't and it was always like you never wanted to be like well you're not working hard because like well maybe they were and mm-hmm. a little hard to tell and um you know just kind of got hard and then on top of that i think the biggest thing that we didn't that i didn't know at that job was you know how do you create a sale like what do you what you what's your venue you know so now we know there's kind of inside sales and there's direct yeah. sales and there's channel partners and mm-hmm. whatever there's a lot of different directions you can go epc but uh you know, we kind of dabbled in all of those, you yeah. know, everything, including like knocking doors and stuff, but we, we really didn't know what we were doing and we never succeeded in finding a specific strategy for driving, you know, you know, finding new customers. So, so when I left, it was sort of hobbling along yeah. and it continued to, I mean, it was a really good dedicated group of people, particularly the woman who took over as CEO, uh, who I believe is still running the company in some form. Um, and they won best of Boston last year, which I, Wow. can take absolutely no credit for it, but, <laughs> That's but cool, yeah it's exciting so and then from there you you know you learned a lot at that company and you decided like you know you didn't feel defeated or anything you decided to go on to start another one yeah, I mean that's the most generous narrative. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would be your version of it? Uh, you know, the exit was hard. You know, I didn't I didn't handle it well. Somebody approached me and said, "Hey, you know, uh, who was really really successful salesperson from Solar City, uh, one of the sort of integral people at getting their East Coast division started up, approached me and, and sort of said, "Hey, like, I want to start a company." Mm-hmm. You know, and. I very briefly said, hey, well, maybe we should, you should think about coming on at Great Sky. But I honestly, like, you know, kind of was like, you know, this is my chance to get get out of what was starting to feel like a really hard situation. Certainly financially, it was a really hard situation. And and, and they were in very, very different culture. The person who approached me and Great Sky were just sort of opposite ends of the spectrum. And I was a little starry-eyed because, you know, Great Sky was this little teeny company that really was struggling. And, and this guy had you know started and run sales teams selling you know huge huge numbers huge volume uh so i was a little starry-eyed uh it's you, you kind of might expect yeah. and uh and when when great size sort of balked at it and the people there were like nah uh, and mm-hmm. i was already kind of burned out i i decided to start up with this guy mm-hmm. and and we had no one other partner who uh, who I'm still very close with, who was sort of in and then out and in and out. But uh, we just did it. You know, we jumped in at the deep end. And you know, the transition was very hard, as you might imagine. Whenever you start a company and then leave to start another company that's doing the same yep, thing, yep, you know? Yep, it's yeah. not like, you know, PayPal and SpaceX. Yeah, you know? yeah. 
Um, and so I, you know, to this day, I, I do have some regrets about how I handled that and how that went down. But, uh, you know, Bright Planet Solar was the next company. And, and uh, that was, again, you know, sort of starting over on the learning curve mm -hmm. because I had taught myself so much about the industry, but really very little about being a CEO of a company, especially, a you know, more conventionally structured company uh, and, and a larger one. Would you say that at that point in your career you had used any of your psychological uh, training from college? No, or? I always thought it was funny that like the association with like the training in psychology that somehow gives you additional insight into the human psyche, uh, which you would think it might, and it certainly gives you some models and some ideas, but but I, I don't think it gives you any significant, at least from my perspective, any you know particularly significant insight. More more labels and strategies and stuff, but. Uh, so, so I think the honest truth is, uh, no, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I, 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 I chose psychology because I was curious about people, mm -hmm. you know, and curious about particularly, you know, the human the sort of more personal aspects of the human experience. And, uh, you know, that curiosity and that I, I always have wanted to engage people and ideas and things on a very deep level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was helpful but i don't think the actual ideas that i encountered within the you know the, like the, the psychology department yeah. you know were, were particularly helpful interesting now like you know that psychology is very different from business and, and solar and uh did you were you entrepreneurial back then as well or were you just you know did this solar thing just kind of really come out of nowhere well i mean i think I think yes and no. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I have always been sort of inquisitive and curious and a little bit, you know, outside the box, you know, and in some ways that's been hard, you know, when you feel like you don't fit in or you're not sort of a part of the group in the conventional sense. Um, and in other ways, it kind of gives you an advantage, you know, when I think, I think everybody can relate to that to some extent, you know, both being you know everybody's been a part almost everybody i assume has been a part of a group you know mm -hmm. in one way or another but uh, probably almost everybody's also been left out of a group in one form or another you know it's hard to get through any substantial hard light without without a fair bit of experience of both but um the you know for me that the left out part you know you know while it was hard at times it also gives you the ability to kind of view somebody something from the outside you know as an outsider and and i do feel like that's uh you know part of the i don't know it's, it's a it's a weird way to say it but in some ways that you could say that's part of the entrepreneurial toolkit you know is is uh you know getting far enough outside the the sort of scope of what's happening to be able to assess a way to do something that uh is either an improvement upon or a replication of something that's succeeding right or not something that's not succeeding but you know it's an improvement upon something that's not succeeding or a replication of something that is succeeding and really going out and doing it mm -hmm. um i think you know so i think that was you know that and the sort of you know the curiosity and the 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 sort of drive to figure out mm -hmm. you know how to make that happen those are both part of of my life my entire life um the the ability and the desire to lead a group of people was not something 
I was familiar with. You know, I, didn't, I was never an, uh, an athlete, which is a sort of natural way to experience that. And and I, I was not career focused. You know, I loved I loved being up on a roof as part of a little teeny you know three person team. Yeah. And I wasn't particularly interested in being a crew lead on the three person team. <laughs> you know, <laughs> tell me what to do. Um, you know, but but once I started doing that, you know, I think I think it. You don't really know, and I have to almost ask. I have to ask you or the other people around me, but I think it's, it became an asset that that I'm not really like wanting to be in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, somewhat feel kind of awkward about it at times. It's not, and I think that actually in this company, I think it, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of people who who lead not because they want power, you know, or to have control, but more like you know, more because it's just like, hey, we can, I can help us collectively achieve, accomplish our goals. It's more of a like, you know, sort of de facto thing that happens by focusing on the collective goal. And, uh, and, and I think that has, you know, been one of my strengths. Uh, and so even though I came to it really late because I wasn't really focused on, you know, group leadership really, or, or you know, any of that kind of stuff, I do think that it was like, oh, well, I, it turns out that, you know, I like, working together as people and and when you put yourself in a leadership position then you have the opportunity to really you know those aspects of of of, you know if the group comes together and achieves its goal then you know (laughs) you're considered successful which is i always think really ironic because um you know intrinsic in that i mean the fundamental truth of that is that that you know a, a successful leader is you know doing a very small amount of the actual succeeding so to speak mm-hmm. you know like like that it's actually the, the group of people coming together and i i think it's mostly re- removing the the obstacles to to you know it's not so much like it's like you know setting up a, a circumstance that's conducive to working together it's not yep. so much like oh i lifted this thing personally and carried it up the hill mm-hmm. the way the way i think it almost the people imagine it's like the ceo it's like that you know the this person and they you know people do it with with sports and with you know with other ceos and with that or it's like yeah you know there's this herculean human being who's all seeing it's like no they're actually probably just like figure out how to surround themselves with really intelligent people and and probably had a fair bit of luck and to give to boot yeah. you know yep <laughs> now uh you you mentioned that feeling of like being an outsider of a group uh, if you were to give one piece of advice to someone that might feel like that regularly mm-hmm. and who might feel like they want to get into business or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, do you have any piece of advice that you think would be valuable for them? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think we live in a time where increasingly, you know, your generation and, and you know, the more awakened folks amongst us are recognizing that uh you know there's beauty in all types you know that there's not a, a, a way to be and i think you far the farther back you go at least in recent history of our culture you know the more rigidly defined the categories were and the, the more the sort of social consequences were the harsher they were for not fitting in those categories and um you know, I do think there's a tremendous beauty, you know, whether or not it's in business or whatever your particular gift is, um, being on the outside, and everybody is in some way, uh, but anytime you are, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, 
there's a kind of rare beauty to it. One of the one of the sort of more most respected people in my life sort of says I've heard her say, you know, um, you know, to people who I think kind of fit that mold is, you know, they're like a rare orchid. Yeah. You know, it's like there's just you know there's just this tremendous beauty to being unique. Mm-hmm. You know, and all of us are. Um, so so honor that I guess is sort of my most basic piece of advice. You know, be be true to who you are um that there's there is tremendous beauty in that and the deeper the deeper you you know you can learn to be comfortable with yourself whoever you are whatever you are the more joy and love you'll have in your life and the more joy and love you can bring to other people and you know that that's you know it just sort of comes naturally from that and and you can relax in your own skin you know it's it's okay to be that and Mm -hmm. you can just no, you know, I think I think the fear with being an outsider is it's like it's not okay. We have so much social programming, you know, so much of which is to fit in. And I think, you know, evolutionarily that that was, you know, a survival mechanism. I mean, if you got excluded from the group, I mean, there's, you know, it was literally the pun- the punishment was a sort of corporal punishment was in its wor- worst form was typically you, you have to leave the community. Mm-hmm. You know, which is now it's like, oh, I'll just move somewhere else. You know, yeah. I didn't like you yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, then it was like, well, now you're going to go out in the wilderness and die. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so socially, uh, that's, you know, I think very deeply ingrained in us that we, you know, we've got to be liked and we got to fit in. And, you know, and that's, and it feels good to be liked and it feels good to fit in. But, but you know, um, I think, you know, the most important thing that we can do in, in the context of our sort of own selves is, is, is try to honor who we are, you know, and, and find out who who will meet you there, mm-hmm. whatever that means. And that's not really business advice, but I think, you know, within that context, you know, you may be, an ex- you know, you may be an extraordinary, gifted, and eccentric salesperson, you may be a not very eccentric salesperson. You may not be a salesperson, you know, or you may have other entrepreneurial skills or other skills that aren't about business, you know. So I think those things um, become sort of self-evident, often slowly, sometimes over decades, as they did in my case. Uh, you know what your real strengths and weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. That's a. I think that's great advice. And um, my last question for you is. You know, up until this point, you found you said that you kind of backed into the CEO role, didn't really see it coming from the beginning, uh, and you know you've obviously grown to uh, understand more of like what your skill set is, like we've been talking about. With that, uh, do you see yourself? Have you charted more of a future going forward, or do you think are you going to keep kind of rolling with it the way you have been? Yeah, well, I mean, I've I've been pretty open. You know, I don't talk about it much with the team, and and it's you know kind of evolving on timeline but I've been pretty open about you know I don't think I will be you know I think I will always you know think I'll have a role to be supportive at the company but I think you know my longer term goals is sort of to hand it off to some of the you know the people who also helped start it to some extent you know I I don't want to abandon it by any stretch of the imagination I love the company and the people but uh, you know I think my longer term goal is to find new ways to to help i mean i think uh you know i don't know what that means specifically i've got some ideas and some people i talk to about this kind of stuff but um you know i'm i'm 
feel that this is a pretty harrowing time in some ways. Um, it's great to be surrounded by a lot of people who are working proactively to, to do something about it as best as we can, at least as far as the solar panels are concerned. But, um, but you know, I was, I was saying to, to somebody just, just today, I think, uh, you know, there's, there's 70 million refugees almost on the planet right now. So that's 1% of the entire planet, mm -hmm. which is a real, to me, that's a real like stick in your throat number. It's a, it's an inconceivably large number of people who, yeah. who you know, are in hard places. And then the, the climate change issues are just so huge and, and probably in some ways related to the refugees and, um, you know, the environmental issues are so huge. And so I, like by my nature, since I was a small child, I've, I've always been kind of like trying to figure out, well, how can I do s something really significant? And, you know, I think there's a, a balance to be found there. Cause I think sometimes, you know, uh, one of the, one of the challenges with, with, with businesses and certainly with my thinking is that you, know, you can have a kind of Lorax situation. I don't know if you know the story of the Lorax. It's a sort of famous Dr. Seuss story about, uh, you know, a sort of everyday business, you know, classic just archetype of like a business guy. It's Dr. Seuss, so it's yeah, you know, yeah. kind of colorful and, and played up. But, you know, he shows up in town and there's these beautiful trees and, and, you know, it turns out if you cut one down, then they're like, the tufts of them are like, make the most, exquisite clothing you know so he quickly pulls up shop in this paradise and starts about you know chopping down the trees and making clothing and it's sort of not such a bad idea it's like hey mm -hmm. okay let's let's do this and of course they're selling as fast as they can and he's wildly successful so they keep you know growing and growing and biggering and biggering as dr seuss says and you know you can sort of see where this is going uh it, it ends up being this incredibly destructive company which i think is an archetype of the sort of classic large corporation and so i think um you know the biggering and biggering well it's sort of in my blood to try to find you know bigger you know big solutions to big problems i just think in that way but um i do think it has to be heavily moderated and i think that's you know just one piece and you didn't ask for this particular piece of advice but i think it's really important is that you know as exciting as it is you know, you know to want to be and maybe even become you know a really large corporation uh the responsibilities are immense especially mm -hmm. now uh and so you know solar is a, probably a better way than most to do that but um you know, when I think about the next thing, I do try to think of big solutions, but I also have started to, you know, learn that it's very important for me to, to, to hold, you know, more than one thing in, in, in that context, because, um, it, you know, we're just in a, in a time where, you know, we consume so much, you mm -hmm. know, as a species, we're just consuming so, so much. And, um, you know the best intentions you know thing is if you do a whole bunch of it you know i'm even thinking about bitcoin right which yeah. is this great idea essentially sort of you know a currency that nobody's in control of so it's you know it's the, the currency for everybody you know no corporation or or government can control it but um you know just these articles that are coming about about the the extraordinarily 
you know, destructive power of the massive amounts of energy consumed in mining Bitcoin, yeah. which are which are now skyrocketing. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there again, you have an idea that that's sort of the the best intentions, you know, um, but can can may end up being and already is actually. It's I think it's like, you know more than one-tenth of one percent of the total electricity consumed on the entire planet is exclusively just for mining bitcoin wow which yeah it's an inconceivably i mean that's that sounds like a very small percentage but that's just a you know that's for that all the electricity for the entire planet you yeah know? so and and they're expecting that number to grow a lot so i think you know that would be my you know one, one of my you know core things that i'm trying to sort of honor personally but also would say is that you know handing the baton to the next generation is um, you know, if you if you want to do something big and you want to grow, that's very exciting. And I think you know it's a sort of very classically youthful enthusiasm for like let's do this and you know let's let's really make something. And I think that's awesome. But you know, we are so it's so incumbent upon us to really you know the 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 responsibility that we're taking on by doing that is so huge now. Uh, we just have to find and really be as considerate and, and, and um, proactive as we can, uh, you know, around the circumstances that we're in, which are, which are fairly challenging, you know? Yeah, certainly. There's a lot of challenges to face, but wow, that is unbelievable uh, information there. Do you, do you have any last request for the audience listening? <laughs> you ask them to do something. You know what? Go out, have have a you know, just uh, you know, I'd say bring bring your you know, and this is maybe a little a little hippy dippy, but you know, bring bring your love, bring your joy to what you do. Show up for it completely and and uh, and deeply, and you know, I think you know, and show up for for the the people and uh, the things in your life, and you know, I think that's. You know, it's sort of pithy, and I'm not really sure. I wasn't, didn't have one, one like right. sort of short one sentence thing lined up for you, but, but you know, I think that's my biggest takeaway. I guess is is um. Yeah, you know, do it, do it completely. Well, I think the audience is going to get a lot out of this entire conversation. Thank you so much for doing this for me. I really appreciate it, and um, it's time for us to get over to the cheesecake factory. So that was good. Thank you.